Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Jazz here. And I am so digging the GeekCast radio network. Greetings, humans. This is Starscream, and you're listening to ToyCast. And if any of you call me a potsformer, one more time! Now, Toycast. Oh yes. Listen in to the only toy podcast you will ever need. We are back, folks, talking toys here on Toycast. This is episode 155. I am, of course, TF1 Mike. Joining me is Josh the Floorburger. Hello, sir. What's up? What's up? So, you know, it's always interesting when we start these episodes. You come on with this energetic, enthusiastic, ready-to-go, big tone, and I, I question myself, do I want to come in kind of flat and timid, like, hi, everybody, or do I want to go, do I want to match your bombastic style? I'm not sure, but I, I'm going with what felt natural, which was just commenting on that style, so way to go, me. Mr. Bombastic. I, I, I hope to God Shaggy doesn't sue us, because I'm pretty sure I just put a bombastic clip in there somewhere. All right, we are here, and... I was going to say, yes. you know, we, we always have to find ways to work in bombastic into our daily lives. Yeah, Mr. Yeah, good old Mr. Bombastic, that's right. And tonight, we're going to be doing uh, part one of two, two, two display cases over the next two weeks. So this is part one. Next week will be part two, obviously, in 156 of the show. And tonight we got a little bit of Funko and a lot of DC Universe. Yo. I assume, unless you wanted... Okay, I wasn't sure if you wanted that or your other one first. But we got some Funko that is very masterful. Uh, and and yes, folks, you can get a cider fries with this Funko Pop. You can? <laughs> I, I, mean, I mean, that just, that just increased the value of Funko Pops to me. <laughs> I wish. Now, the reason, other than the fact to just show you what I was going to be talking about, and not that I'm going to be going first, but the reason why I shared my image with you, or not my image, but a image of this figure, a glam shot of it, is because 
I have never known what in the Sam Hell, Filmation, or Mattel, or whatever, classic King Randor, his weapon. What in the hell kind of weapon is that that he's holding in his hand? I do not, like, I have the figure right here in my hand, and I'm looking at this thing. It does, it is not a sword. It is not a staff. It it's has a spear. It's like, a royal a royal spear. Okay, it's a royal royal yeah. spear. I guess so he can skewer the burgers to serve the well, people on the drive through. I'm I'm going to be gentle in my analysis. <laughs> this is I'm I'm not here to critique Funko Pop style. <laughs> but there are it's very clear that you have that early eighties I don't know how to describe it, but it's that mixture of sci-fi and fantasy aesthetic. Yeah, and yeah, and and it's not a it's not a Funko thing. It's a Mattel thing. It's a King Randor thing. It's a it's a it's his character. It's what he had. I've just never known what to call his stupid weapon because it doesn't like. I'm not a weapons expert, but I've seen a lot of weapons in my 42 years on this on this planet you know in entertainment and things like that and toy action figure accessories and i have never seen a spear that has round like rings of saturn around it i, I don't know like well that that was yeah, the way so you that's, turn a medieval style weapon sci-fi is you just add rings to it okay well since we're already talking about this i guess i should go first but yes uh masters of the universe Pop Retro Toys, Funko Pop, number 42. I have no idea what... I'm legally blind, folks, so even though I have this box literally right in front of my face, I cannot see on the bottom of this box the copyright year for this figure. It's been a while. Are are you saying you can't see me right now? Ha, 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 ha. My John Cena pop is in is in storage. We'll do that another time. Uh, <laughs> How are you going to ever find it, though? It's in a box. Luckily, the box is visible. You're, you're, okay. I don't know if we're both on different channels for this joke. <laughs> probably not. But we probably aren't. Yeah. Yeah, no. See, it's... No. No, 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 no. And yeah, it's classic King Randor, red and blue with the with the crown and his hair and his beard and all that. It's always interesting to me. Normally, Funko Pops don't like the the human, the people pops. Normally, they don't have mouths. It's just the eyes and the nose, and then the fit, and then just the rest of the the head here. But because you know Randor has this bitchin' beard. Uh, he kind of looks like he has a mouth on him because he has the mustache and beard. So there's that. Those eyebrows just, they are so not of the people. Well, that's always the thing with Funkos, though, is that eyebrows tend to, you're not necessarily sure if it's just a very serious face or they're looking a little angry about how far apart their eyeballs are. (laughs) Well, I mean, how far apart the eyes are, yeah, I guess you could be angry about that. I would kind of be a little bit more angry that I have, I mean, granted, I don't know of anyone that really wants a huge, ginormous nose, but I mean, the noses on these things are essentially, 
Like, is that a piece of dirt on my toy? Like, seriously, the noses on these things are like nothing. Well, so I'm looking at some images of different King Randor figures. So Mm -hmm. the vintage Masters of the Universe King Randor does include that spear that you mentioned before. It is quite unusual. It's a matching spear for the Origins line and for... This is some sort of vinyl minifigure wave two from Walmart. I'm not mm-hmm. sure what that is. That one actually interprets the spear far worse than the pop one. If you can imagine that. <laughs> oh, I'll, see no. I, I'll, I'll send you the picture. Just, just the, we're not going to get into it. This is, this is a PG 13 yep. show kids, yep. but uh, I, I'll send it to you. It, it doesn't oh, translate no. any better in this image, but <laughs> it is, it is very clear Oh no! So, (laughs) I mean, I I I do want to say that we are explicit around here, but yeah, that's this is a definite innuendo't because that thing looks a little bit more rounded at the front at the now. To be fair, I'm 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 trying I'm trying not to say the word tip, but the point. So, to be fair, if you look at the compared the the excuse me the masters of the universe classics version which is the updated mm-hmm. version of the rendition that your pop figure is based off of and and the yeah. universe or excuse me the origins the original vintage one so all the same source material for that but in the classics one they did not include that spear that we're joking about they included a sword mm-hmm. and a staff and I'm not sure what that choice yeah. was. I wish we could just call up Scott Knight like, and ask him, like, why did you not go with the same spear you use? But yes, that spear does not get translated well in the version you sent me. Oh, wait. I sent this no. to the wrong bro. Oops, I sent... Oh, no! Remove. <laughs> that was okay. <laughs> Remove quickly, yes. Well, That's no, not good, folks. Okay, so I'm sending you the classics version. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know. I, I remember. I had the classics version when I used to collect actual toys. Yeah. But they didn't include that spear. But yes, that spear does not translate well between the I, versions. Yeah, no. And I mean, technically, they did include the spear in in the in the Motu Classics. Because if you look at the staff, look at all of the rings that are on the staff down by his legs, like oh. by his torso. And then look at the bottom, look at the, essentially the, the bottom tip of the staff. Technically you could tip that upside down and you have you his spear. I wonder? No, no, seriously. Do you know what I wonder? What's that? Because the emblem at the top of the staff is the same one that's on the sword. I wonder if it's supposed yep. to be like a techie piece. I'd have to go check pixel dance book. I wonder if it's supposed to be like this, the blade can retract into that emblem yeah, and then the handle stretches out into the staff, like a crazy sci-fi zero space kind of situation. You're probably going to have to include, you're you're probably going to have to include this picture in the show notes. This this is actually not the best picture that I sent you, but no, I, I actually love this version of King Randor. I actually sought out yeah. a figure of King Randor years ago because I wanted I wanted a king of my, my toy kingdom. I wanted somebody who 
was mm-hmm. kind of, I'm going to use the word again, bombastic with his bright orange yeah. leggings and, and red jacket and crown. And I just wanted somebody who ruled over everything. And I felt that he was the, the best option. And the pop, I'm not complaining about it. It's it's really not not bad. No, it's not bad at all. It's a it's a very very faithful rendition of of the classic character. And the funny thing is, is that because I took the figure out of the box so I could talk about it while we're here on the show. And yes, obviously he will go back in the box after the fact. But looking at him in the picture, and then looking at him in my light. His legs, I mean, they look more like they look like it looks like he has orange pants on in the glam shot, whereas the actual physical figure looks like actual physical, like what his legs would look like. And the same thing for, uh, okay, well, the classics figure, I mean, yeah, those are orange pants, those aren't actual flesh tones, so it is what it is. But I don't think Funko did this to the point of we need to make the legs orange because the legs on the Funko Pop are so damn small. Uh, you know, because it's only a four and a half inch. It's a four inch figure, so. Yeah, and it, it is a little, if you're kind of quickly looking at it, it does look like he's not wearing pants. But it, that's kind of common in a lot of the Masters figures, which I guess in the late 70s, early 80s, pant legs <laughs> were not part of your superheroics if you were into fantasy i mean you know all i mean he-man proved it all you really need is a loincloth as long as it covers up the the naughty bits you're good he has the power he just does not have the pants (laughs) (laughs) ain't that but i'm I'm sure there's some references that they use for that conan or something like that might have been the original reference but what's really interesting yeah. to me is that, oh, hey, He-Man is powering up. He's getting ready to go. In my world, that means I'm putting on more armor. Mm-hmm. That means I am making sure that I don't get stabbed in the thigh. In in Masters of the... Oh, well, if you look... Yeah, if, if you look at that classic transformation, Adam goes from having pink pants and purple boots with white ruffled feathers around the boots to having red boots and basically no pants. Like you watch that classic transformation. He takes his pants off to become He-Man. That's all it, I mean, it's like Clark Kent removing his glasses to become Superman. It's the same thing. thing. You know that if, if someone (laughs) removed their pants to become He-Man today, they'd get canceled. (laughs) Well, yes. of course, because 2022 is not as 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 wild wild west as the 1980s was and callous <laughs> and chauvinistic. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. Okay. So sorry, I hate to break anybody's nostalgia there, but <laughs> no, no, no. It, it's yeah. I mean, it, it's a thing. It's a it, yeah. Absolutely. Was it's, better in the but, 80s, including the uh, misogynistic tendencies. No, no, no. I, and and all I can think of is because I have been marathon listening to a Hall & Oates podcast over the last couple of weeks. Uh, all I can think of is is John Oates talking about the, the French um, 
designer who designed one of their album covers. I will immortalize you. Well, he sure did. Uh, I believe it was the Sarah Smile cover for the single. But yeah, you can look. I'll show you that later. Anyway, King Randor, Funko Pop, absolutely dig the figure. It's not my favorite of the Masters Funko Pops, but it's a good figure. I'm glad we have him. I wish that they would eventually do Marlena because, again, like I mentioned a second ago or earlier, back when I was actually collecting real action figures that were not just Funko Pops or Mighty Mugs, I had the classics King Rendor. I had the classics Marlena. And Marlena kind of met a very, very sad, depressing end that I will not tell on this this episode. I will tell that story another time, but uh, let's just say some enemies of the Starship Troopers got up her dress, and that was not good. Well, <laughs> so I can take that in a couple different directions, because Starship Troopers was a, a satire <laughs> on fascism and... Uh, obsessive patriotism and I, I would say enemies of Starship Troopers would not be the bugs, it would actually be democracy and progressivism. But Okay, well, yes, but I mean according to the movie, the enemy was the bugs. And and sadly... Well, but, uh, that was supposed to be the target anyway. to support fascism. It, it's a whole... That, that, that's that's it's a whole it, Paul Verhoeven, whatever his name was, what yeah, 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 yep, that, yep, that yep. was his whole yeah. whole thing. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. All right, well, let's get out of talking about um, some more sensitive societal topics, and let's talk about somebody covered in random bits of armor. They're not really random, though. I mean, it's a whole suit. Well, so, I actually have a history behind this figure, and I, I, I'm going to pontificate because that's what I do. <laughs> so, Superman is killed. What, 1992, 1993? by doomsday and then following that there's funeral for a friend and everybody living in a world without superman and then you have the reign of the superman where four different individuals try to claim the title of superman or at least try to uphold his legacy and this was pure 90s amazingness you have superboy this extreme surfer street punk with tiny little circular sunglasses and a leather jacket, and he's got an attitude, and he's this young version of Superman if he was born in 1987 or whatever. Or maybe, I I think actually Superboy was supposed to be like a Gen X teenager or something. I'm not sure. And then you get the Eradicator, who I don't really understand his background, but whatever. You get Cyborg Superman, and you get Steel. So growing up, I followed the reign of the Superman, the return of Superman, and then seeing what happened to this character, Steel, who was a engineer, an African-American engineer, who created a suit of armor to basically just become the Man of Steel. He wasn't trying to be Superman. He was just trying to uphold Superman's legacy wearing this armored suit. And yep. And before anybody comes at us, any of you Superman fans that are listening to this, it was 1992 when Superman 75 was out because it sold over 6 million copies and became the top selling comic of 1992. Not very valuable because literally they oversaturated (laughs) the the market with so many. Exactly. Yeah. 
so I, I followed all of this. I read the entire Death of Superman. I actually, I think I still have the trade of the Death of Superman that I got from my stepdad, actually. Um, he was not my stepdad. He was not involved. He just happened to work with my mom and knew that I liked Superman. It was, they were not even anywhere close to being involved yet. You know, it'd be another 16 years until coincidentally their lives came across each other again. But no, there's okay. nothing scandalous there. Mom, I'm not putting any dirt out there. You know, No, no, no. Um, but I really enjoyed... See, I just hit numb there. I'm trying really hard not to um it up. So the one thing, even as a kid, I noticed about the character Steel, and I'm, I'm talking about the DC superhero Steel figure, mm-hmm. was that even though his suit was supposed to be made out of steel, heavy gauge steel, it looked like he was just wearing silver tights, which was always the weirdest part for me. And the only parts that looked like riveted steel plating was, and this is going to sound crazy, not only his chest plate, his shoulders, his helmet to an extent, and his cod piece, <laughs> and his boots. That, that's so very much <laughs> yeah. a 90s outfit that the most prominent armored pieces are the parts that basically give him the most masculine silhouette possible. I hate to say it that way, but that's the reality of it. That's the way it is. Boots, yeah. shoulders, chest, codpiece, head. Everything else is, is, is yep. narrow and looks like tights on a bodybuilder. So, anyways, big fan of the comics. The figures that came out throughout the 90s that this figure was in, not good figures, never got them. Oh, I always avoided them. They were late-run 90s Kenner versions, weird pre-poses, nothing really that I was like, I need to have this. It was never the case. Mm -hmm. So, 2000... Let's see, what year does this start? DC Superheroes... uh, er, They say early 2006. What? Like a bunch of super friends? More like a Justice League. So around 2006, 2006, Mattel starts getting into the six-inch superhero scale figures they're kind of picking up after some of the earlier more simplistic less articulated superhero figures that were made a little bit before that i want to say maybe 2003 2004 so there it's a successor to mattel's batman toy line that was out in like 2003 until 2005 ish which came out with some of the best six inch comic accurate figures and i was a little bit more of a six inch fan when I started collecting in 2002, 2003 because of Marvel legends and because of Lord of the Rings. So lucky land casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky, lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha. In my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. When this started coming out, I finally got what I felt was a good six-inch Batman. This is before articulation in elbows and hips and all that it was it was very simple but they're decent figures so when superhero dc superheroes came out i was super excited because i thought especially seeing the advertisements that i'm gonna get great six inch figures of my most iconic 
characters, and it was supposed to be series that were alternating between Batman and Superman, who were supposed to be the banner superheroes in this line. So they started putting out some rare, some very uh, hard-to-find figures of Batman, but also his enemies, Killer Croc, Scarecrow, Bane. The problem was with the first two or three series, four series of DC superheroes was that they would heavily pack Superman and Batman in their cases and uh, short pack the bad guys or the non-Batman figures. So, for instance, Batman Series 3, Batman probably was six per case. Robin was maybe two or three per case. And then Azrael and, and Mr. Freeze were maybe one per case. And that was... Pretty typical, unfortunately. Pretty typical and very common that this was just a very and I, Scott Knight like goes into this in, into his videos a lot. Where retailers want Superman, Batman, they don't care about Brainiac, they don't care about Darkseid, they don't care about Batgirl, they don't. Uh, okay, I mean, yes, technically he's right and you're right, but the thing is, is that. I, well, I mean, if 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 HBO and whatever other Warner whatever didn't just waste ninety million dollars anyway, it's it's one of those things. Well, that's now. This is no, that. no, no. I I know, I know, I know. This is back then. But the thing is, like, when when you went into the toy aisles then or now, what's the first thing you see when it comes to these types of action figures? You see all the Batman and his variants. You see all the Superman and potentially his variants. You see all these heroes because the toy companies and the retailers want children to have hero figures. Like, they're not concerned with, like, they don't want people buying the villains because, oh my god, heaven forbid we teach our children well, something wrong. Whereas I... Th- where, no, I was going to say, as Scott Netflix has, has put it, retailers are putting these toys out there and I think statistically the highest number of buyers of these figures are, you know, parents buying presents for kids. They're gift givers. And he says that a lot and that's very much research-based. He's done a ton of research in that. These are gift givers. So even even my mom, who's very well-informed in all the things my brothers and I were always interested in, but if you were to ask my mom, who did her best to be interested in these things, who is she going to know primarily in terms of Marvel, DC, G.I. Joe? She's going to know the big name people. So that's why they probably were able to get the steel figure in because he's got a huge Superman emblem on his chest. You can't miss that. And that's, yeah. and that's who <laughs> the uninformed consumer is going to recognize because... You could take a Batman or Superman symbol to the middle of an underdeveloped country. Somebody might know that symbol. You take, I hate, I hate to say it, I'm looking at the listings, Brainiac. Nobody's going to know Brainiac. Or even, you know, Bizarro is actually not a bad option because he's got a Superman symbol on his chest. But Doomsday, probably not. So that's why in one of the, the, the series that DC Superheroes put out with Doomsday, Somebody mistakenly decided to repaint him with heat vision reflection, so he looked like he was 
an orange sickle. Like it looked like he was ready to be licked and taste of orange and cream. Ew. I, I didn't mean that in any sort of bad way, but it, but that's a, but yeah, that, I know, but it's actually a really interesting figure. Like the paint job is really, really cool, but the series was very flawed because it was always packed very, very heavy with Superman, Batman, Supergirl, all these peg warmers that would sit there because once they filled the demand for everybody who wants Superman, they would short pack Bizarro, Doomsday, Parasite, Steel, which might be one per case. So long story short, that uh, the the whole reason why I loved this line was that it was giving us four horsemen sculpted six inch figures of some of my favorite characters. And they were not loaded with action features like previous DC figures typically were. So you weren't getting neon underwater tennis attack Batman. You were getting Batman blue cape, blue boots, blue gloves, blue mask. And he was a fairly poseable version of, of, of Batman. And they came with decent accessories. Like the Series 3 Batman comes with seven batarangs. I probably still have some sitting around somewhere in one of my bins. And it was a very nice version of Batman. And they reuse a lot of those bodies over and over again. So you got some pretty classic versions. Now, one of the problems that they had early on in this line was that the hips, you could never really get a pretty anatomically typical stance out of a lot of the figures because the hips would not fold together very well. So somebody couldn't just stand up straight at attention. Most of the Superman Batman figures had this weird sort of sp- spread straddle stance. I can't really describe it. It's really it's really kind of a weird thing. You had to sort of just be there. It was just a flaw in the tooling of the early figures. But they eventually fixed that, and they started releasing Cyborg Superman, the Hank Henshaw Superman. And then I saw the ads for this version of Steel. And being a big fan of the Rise of the Superman and everything, I wanted the Steel figure because in 2006, Marvel Legends was taking off and just kicking butt in the toy aisles. I had several Iron Man figures, and I felt, hey, if I'm going to build up my my DC roster... I already had this huge Marvel roster. I want to be able to put Wolverine versus Batman on my shelf. I want to put Superman versus... I don't remember who was out at the time. Maybe Sentry was probably the closest to Superman in 2006. So I wanted Steel to go up against Iron Man. And so I saw this figure. And if you actually look at this figure, it is very well sculpted, very comic accurate. The biggest problem I had is mm-hmm. that there were two versions of it. There was a matte, flat, gray Superman emblem on his chest and a vac metalized S on his chest. So there's a shiny versus a flat. So yeah. not only was this already short-packed in each case, this figure by itself, but then they made a yeah. rarer vac metalized version, which was even more short-packed. Yeah. So... I'm sitting here in 2006, not here where I am right now, but I'm sitting in 2006 feeling I have no chance to find this. It's just not going to happen. I'm just going to give up and have to go on eBay and save up and figure it out. 
And so I start checking and I, I, I feel like I don't know exactly the release date. I feel like I was searching for it most of spring and summer of 2006 and just kind of gave up. And the weird thing is, just like David Hasselhoff, when I gave up and completely just did not expect to ever find that car, I gave up on finding the vac metalized shiny S uh, steel. Just gave up on it. And I still remember I went to the Walmart that was the closest to where I grew up in Long Grove and went in and there it was sitting on the shelf. Just, just, just like it was just there, just new, new shipment. There was nothing else from that series there. It was the only one hanging there. Did it have a giant blue sticker on it? <laughs> I don't, I don't remember. I, we're talking about this is, this had to be 2006. No, I I understand that, but I I don't I don't have any examples in front of me. But if you look at any Funko Pops that are Walmart exclusives, in the bottom right hand corner of the window on the front of the box is this. It's not giant. It's not protruding, but it's a giant blue Walmart sticker to say, "Hey, this one is like." Um, uh, there were a couple like other ones, but anyway, so yeah, that, that's why I asked that question because, you know, store exclusives, man. I mean, come well, on. I don't know if this was meant to be a Walmart exclusive or not. I don't see anything indicating that, yeah. but I know it at the time was ridiculously impossible to find. Now there was a DC direct version of the character and DC direct came mm-hmm. out with really good stuff. But they were never very poseable. Mm-hmm. They were just mini statues with very limited articulation. And I have, I, I've had a couple in my life. The Eradicator Superman I have is DC Direct. I have one comic Superman who's DC Direct. And I think that's all I have left. I might have one more. But they, they made some good stuff. And they tried to increase the articulation. But DC superheroes... By comparison, at the same time, a lot of DC Direct stuff was coming out. Very often, the sculpting, because it was Four Horsemen, the sculpting would be as good, if not better. And the articulation would be immensely better. It wasn't Marvel Legends level, but it was good. So this figure I'm messing with right now, like he's going to hit some decent poses, but he's never going to hit the most amazing poses. Like He still has some limitations from his shoulder pads and, and his cape and stuff. But this, for me, to this day, the reason I picked it today was that not only was it such an amazing find at the time, because not only was it short-packed to begin with, but it was short, short, short-packed because it was the chase version of a short-packed figure. And it, it's still been one of those figures that I just can't sell. I don't want to get rid of. He still sits up with... I still have a Cyborg Superman, which was also very rare at the time. I have the DC Direct Eradicator, and I have the Mattel Superboy. And they just sit up there. It's sort of my 90s Superman homage. And it's it's still to this day, it holds up very, very well compared to a lot of other figures. It's just a very well-done, well-made figure. Awesome. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, I mean, it looks like it's a really good interpretation of the character of the of the the suited up John Henry Irons as as Steel, and it looks really cool. I assume I'm hoping that he can just do a standard hold his hammer in one arm, one hand, and just you know 
just like hold it like next to him with it on the ground. So he can thing. hold it like a staff. I actually, this mm-hmm. was one of the very f- first figures that could actually hold the hammer or hold a weapon in both hands. Oh, cool. So I typically have him standing, holding it in two hands, sort of almost, I, I would describe it as triple H style when triple H, when he would wrestle and he would, yeah. he would take out the, the sledgehammer and stare at it for a little bit before he pretended to hit somebody with it. Cause he would kill him if he actually mm-hmm. legit hit them. But <laughs> it, it, it's, it's just a very, very well done figure that, you know, maybe one day if I get better at, at figure photography, you know, I'll have him go up against Iron Man or Thor or whatever. And some crazy crossover with cats in the background. Cause that's usually how most of my pictures at home will wind up. But <laughs> Yeah, I'm surprised any of your cats didn't want to jump in that car and go for a ride. So, to be honest, that's another story. Maybe we can one one day do a podcast of what is it like to have uh, very energetic, very exciting cats and many very expensive and fragile toys on shelves that they can reach. Yeah, they're, they're not supposed to be able to reach them, but okay, cool. Dude. Awesome, awesome. Cats. You can. I, I've had one my entire life. I have had one cat, and I only had four, almost four and a half years with that cat. So my entire life, I've been a dog person up until 2017 when Karen and I met. So when she passed in 2021, I had to. I've told this story. I'm not did not want to break this out tonight. Thank you. But I cannot take care of the animals by myself. I just can't do it. I'm not like, I don't, because of my cerebral palsy, I don't drive. How am I going to take the cat to a vet? And public transportation in the town that I currently live in is a nightmare. So before I came here to Indiana, I had to surrender the cat to animal control in Washington. So that's a whole other issue. But Yes, in my entire life, I have only ever had one cat that was Lacey, who was Karen's. And yeah, so one cat versus you having, I don't know, 13 or whatever. I'm not even offended by that guess. <laughs> That's an inside joke, folks, that, that none of the audience may or may not know. And I know Josh doesn't know it yet, but I'll tell him about that yeah. off air. This has been ToyCast episode 155, Display Case. And yeah, between Funko Pop King Randor, who obviously, as always, looks like the Burger King, and DC Superheroes Steel, I would say this is a heroically, royally super episode of the podcast. I don't know. Uh, I blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So we're going to take a small break. You're going to hear a couple ads, probably just two most likely. And we'll come back to close the show after this. Mr. Bombastic. What was that universal greeting again? Never mind. I remember. Ba weep grana. Weep. Hey guys, it's Rodimus Primal, and be sure to check out my YouTube channel. Join me as I have Transformers discussions, retrospectives, toy reviews, and more. You can also follow me on Twitter at Rodimus Primal, as well as Facebook and Instagram at Rodimus Primal Show. Transform and roll out, and be sure to check out my content, till all are one. Last big party of the summer, folks. Let's go out with a bang! 
One of the primary themes of ToyCast is that we focus on times past. We are who we are today because of the nostalgic memories and experiences from our childhood. Obviously, we wouldn't be doing this podcast if it weren't for the toys that make us so addicted to nostalgia. Times Past Collectibles in Chicago, Illinois is your primary go-to collectible store to reclaim the toys that drove those memories and experiences. Specializing in action figures from all of your favorite toy lines like Star Star Wars, G.I. Joe, He-Man, Transformers, Silverhawks, Ghostbusters, TMNT, Mask, and more. Get your dose of nostalgia with a shop run by collectors for collectors. Whether you are looking for loose G.I. Joe, Ice Cream Soldier, a packaged Leonardo, recent Star Wars Black Series figures, or an AFA-graded Boba Fett, Times Past Collectibles is bringing you back to your childhood. Visit the shop at 1450 North Ashland Ave in Chicago, just two blocks south of Ashland and North Ave. Call the shop at 847-830-1031 or email timespasscollectibles1982 at gmail.com. You can also find them on Facebook. Just search Times Past Collectibles because, folks, it's past time that you get your collectibles. We are back here on ToyCast to close it out for this week's Display Case episode. Josh, anything you want to say to the to the listeners before I run through the closing? Be good to your animals, support your local animal shelter, and eat more chicken. Alrighty then, folks. <laughs> Thank you for joining us here on ToyCast. If you'd like to get in contact with us or leave feedback for the show, there are several ways to do so. Visit the website geekcastradio.com where you can listen to and comment on all of our content. Send an email to feedback at geekcastradio.com. If you have hate mail for Josh, please, you know, put that in the subject line. You can listen to us on any podcatching client you choose to use, like Apple Podcasts or Spotify or anything like that. Follow us on Twitter at Geekcast Radio for the network, at TF Toycast for the podcast. I am at TFG on Mike. Josh's Twitter is at Floorburger553 if you'd like to follow him over there. I'm so grateful you remember that week to week because I always forget. I'm so glad I didn't even ask you because I was going to be like, oh, crap, what's he going to no. say now? Because he doesn't remember the no, damn I thing. Just, it's ingrained into my brain I'm now. I'm so grateful because <laughs> I'm on it all the time, but yes. I, I never actually post anything insightful. I just try to respond to people and be witty. And I fail every time. And I know it's okay. Become a fan on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash geekcast radio network. You can also check out Toycast over there as well. The screen name over there, I think, may be TF Toycast, because I whatever. Anyway, while you're on there, you can also check out the Toy World Order fans group where we all kind of congregate around Duvall and Dave as they talk about their toys and that they have left in their collection because Duvall <laughs> and I forgot about yes, the auction yes, so yes. I couldn't get any of it that's a topic for an off-air discussion anyway next time on ToyCast it's going to be another display case and who the heck knows what we're going to come up with then so for now I am TFG and Mike with Josh the Floorburger who owns the night 2000. Bored indeed. Okay, it's episode 155. We recorded that in episode 152. You really have to keep rubbing that into my face, you asshat.
No, but anyway, no, but check your Facebook t- messages. God, until you fix that voice box, I don't really care. Anyway, join us next time when we'll be talking more toys here on Toycast. Mr. Bombastic.